Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing Jesus to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, today is our uh, fourth and final part of our current series that's entitled In the Spirit. Can somebody say In the Spirit? Listen, when we began this series a few weeks ago, I felt like the Lord dropped three things in my heart that he wanted me to convey to you guys. The first one was simply this, uh, is the word that I felt like he dropped in my heart was information, that he wanted me to give you guys scriptural proof that the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is indeed for today and is something that he desires for every person to experience. Somebody say every person. Key. The second word that I felt like he wanted me to share with you was inspiration, that he wanted me to give you testimonies of people uh, just like you, just like me, who have, been, who have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And not only have they experienced that baptism, but they also enjoy the benefits of that baptism on a daily basis. And the third one was this, is that there, was a, that there would need to be a demonstration, that he wanted me to provide an opportunity for anyone who wanted to receive this baptism, that we would have that. And that's what's happening today. So uh, you'll, you'll see basically at the end of today's sermon, we're not going to pressure anyone. We're simply going to uh, invite anybody who wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit to come up front. And, uh, and we'll spend basically maybe a few minutes there, maybe praying. And then we're going to worship together. And then we're going to pray again corporately and just uh, invite the Holy Spirit to come baptize us. And then we'll pray uh, for people uh, that basically need it on an individual basis, we'll pray with them. So let me just maybe throw this out there before we dive in. Uh, today, there's no reason to fear. I go with me. There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to get scared. God's a good God. Amen. And, uh, and so, listen, his word has clearly laid these things out. We've been talking about it for weeks. We could talk about it for some more weeks of everything that's in there around this subject. But uh, today we're going to simply believe that God will, will come and fulfill his word. That simple. He'll come fulfill his word with signs and wonders. Because uh, the, the truth is, is, as you've been hearing over the past few weeks, Jesus is the baptizer. You can't baptize yourself. Nobody can baptize you. He's the one that has to do it. But there are some things that we need to do to set our heart in a position to receive. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But anyways, but before we uh, get there, I want to close this series by spending a few more minutes talking about tongues for personal edification. This is also known as a personal prayer language. Um, you know, over the years, and I'm sure you, you could testify the same thing, I've heard many good-hearted Christians say uh, that they're not opposed to speaking in tongues, but for whatever reason, they believe God gives that gift to some people and he doesn't give it to others. And, uh, you know, one of the main scriptures that they use to support what they're saying is this verse in 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 30. We'll throw it up here so everybody can see. Uh, basically, in these verses, Paul is asking several questions. And he, and he asked this, starting off there at the beginning. He says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? And then it says, do all speak with tongues? And then it ends with, do all interpret? Unfortunately, many people read that and they stop right there and they accept it and they disqualify themselves uh, from basically this gift that God wants to give. And they typically say something along these lines that they'll show somebody that verse, do all speak with tongues. And they'll say, see, I told you everybody can't speak in tongues. And then they'll go on. They'll say something like, I guess I'm just one of those who can't. I wish I could. But for some reason, God didn't choose me. He chose other people. Wave your hand. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Amen. Listen, before we make that same mistake as those people did in believing that, um, I, I think we should take a step back and we should actually look at what the word is saying in context. That's huge. Listen, every example, this is what I want you to notice here. Every example that is given here 
if it's apostles, if it's prophets, if it's teachers, if it's miracles, healings, or interpretation, they are all public gifts or public forms of ministry. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. Listen, that should tell us that if all of those examples are for public use, then why would we ever make the mistake of categorizing the question, do all speak with tongues under the private use of the gift? Listen, in other words, why we apply when it's all about public stuff, why would he apply that to our ability to receive or not receive our heavenly prayer language? It appears that if we miscategorize that and we, and we place it in the wrong place, we'd be making a really big mistake. Now, let me, let me kind of give you this. When you and I read the Bible, or we should read it and believe it uh, in the context in which it was written. Amen? Too many people in the church, they go, this is my pet doctrine of what I believe. Let me pull this scripture here and let me say what I believe and what I don't believe. And a majority of the time, those people pull stuff completely out of context just to kind of fit their own, their own unbelief and doubt. Amen? So, so listen, when we read it, we got to read it and believe it in the context of what it's written. So, once again, when we take a step back and we look at that verse, if you can keep, kind of keep it up there, Johnny. And we look at that verse and we look at the next question. We go, okay, do all speak in tongues? And look at the next question. Do all interpret? When you look at that, that must mean that the tongue that he is referring to is the tongues for interpretation that we talked about last week. So, in the context, watch this. In the context of what Paul is talking about, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Obviously, the answer to all of that is no, right? And, and so, but once again, if I'm going to be, uh, if I'm going to read the Bible correctly, then I have to go do all speak with tongues. Once again, that is the public form of the gift, and the answer is no. Obviously, every person does not have the gift, uh, the gift for tongues for interpretation. Just as someone doesn't have the, everybody doesn't have the gift for interpretation. Are you seeing that? So, listen, it's kind of, here's my point of why I'm saying this, and this is just kind of knock down any, any lies maybe that we believe before we really get rolling this morning. But when we read this passage in context, we can clearly see that Paul is not talking about the personal use of tongues, but the public use. So there's no need for us to look at that verse and disqualify ourselves from a gift that God wants to give us. Great place to say Amen. So, listen, actually the opposite is true. I believe all of us should rejoice in the fact that we are qualified. Do you believe that this morning, that you are qualified to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? You know, we can be confident in that because of why? Because all four Gospels tell us that Jesus came not only to seek. Let me, let me mess with you a little bit this morning. Did Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost? Did he do that for everybody? Did, did, did what the Bible says that, that God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son. Is that a promise for everybody or just for some? Come on, talk to me. So why would we take the other fact of why Jesus came? That, that Jesus came to baptize people in the Holy Spirit and fire and only say that that's for some people and not for everybody. It's not logical. It doesn't make sense. Amen? Listen, we can rejoice because of what we see in this verse right here. I'm going to give you two verses. Mark 16, 15 through 18. It says this, and he, talking about Jesus, said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Has the Great Commission ceased? No, it has not. In fact, all of us are supposed to be actively involved in it. Okay. Verse 16 says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Is that true? Okay, it says, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Is that true also? 
Yes, it is. There is a heaven. There is a hell. Those who believe obviously go to heaven. Those who do not believe go to hell. And then it says uh, here, it says in verse 17, and these signs, notice the next word. It doesn't say might. It says they will follow those who believe. Do you believe today? Yes. yes. It says in my name, they will cast out demons. That's talking about our spiritual authority that we have been that we have been given through the cross and the resurrection. In other words, by the name of Jesus, we have authority. Amen. So watch this next thing. And it says they not might, but they will speak with new Tongues. The word new there doesn't mean some some, uh, you know, odd language. It actually the word new there means a tongue, a language that's never been heard before. That's pretty cool. Right. Amen. So watch this. We can also rejoice in the fact we read this a few weeks ago, but Acts two thirty eight through thirty nine says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of the, uh, Jesus Christ for the remission or the forgiveness of sins. And watch this. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, for the promise is to you and your children that are downstairs right now. And to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God would call. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. And tell your other neighbor, just say, no, he's talking to you. <laughs> listen, this is where we should all say this. L- listen, everybody look at me. Everybody, we shall go. Thank God we qualify. Amen. I mean, that's good news. Hey, listen, if you if you woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, that's the best news you're going to hear all day right there. That's good news. Amen. Let me give you an extra thought here. OK. And just to just kind of get you thinking, uh, somebody smarter than me said that there's over eight thousand promises in the Bible. That's a lot of promises. Eight thousand pro- promises. How about said problems? <laughs> eight thousand promises in the Bible. And do you realize that there's only one that's been designated as the promise? And that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question today. Wouldn't it be foolish to believe that God would fulfill the 700, 999 promises for me, but he won't fulfill the one that he has designated as the promise? Let let me maybe say it to you like this. You know, uh, how many of you guys know that when we got born again, it says in John 1:12 that we become children of God? And the Bible calls us actually all sons of God. And it says that, uh, that talking about the, the spirit of adoption, adoption and sonship. Now watch this. We are all sons of God. Do you realize that there's only one, the son of God? That word, the, holds weight. It holds significance. So, so here's the thing that God is saying. You know what? Here's a promise. And I'm not just saying it's a promise like, hey, I'll put food on your table. I'll help you pay your bills. I'll heal your body. I will, I will bring peace. I'll bring joy. All those promises that we so appreciate. But here's the promise. That he says, look, I'm going to come and I'm going to bring power in your life. Amen? Amen. That's good news. Really good news. All right. So now let's talk about uh, the benefits of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to look at this in two ways. This is what, when we are, when we are baptized, this is what, is what the Holy Spirit brings with him. But also, it, there's a part that, maybe, let me say it this way. Today, what we're talking about was never meant, everybody look here, that today what we're talking about was never meant to be something that happened in our lives. And we built an altar around it and say, man, that happened 50 years ago. That was great. This is supposed to be something that happens in our life and it catapults us into a, a deeper communion, a deeper fellowship with God. And it carries on until the day we die. 
Are you all with me today? So, so once again, this is what the Holy Spirit brings. And this is also what is cultivated in our life on a daily basis. So let's look at the benefits here. Uh, the first one is this. We'll spend more time on others um, than some. But maybe say it this way. that Because uh, we've kind of talked about some of these kind of throughout the series. But there's a few that I just kind of want to, I kind of want to bring it together in a list so we all kind of see it. Let me say it easy. All right. So when we receive the Spirit of baptism, we receive, number one, power to be his witness. We know that's Acts 1-8. And uh, it's kind of this understanding of this, that God desires for us, people that are Christians, be born again, that we are proof of the resurrection of God. Do you understand that? In other words, I, I have met so many Christians that if I looked at their life, I would never want the God that they have. That's not, that's not the case. That God literally says, look, I want you to be a walking billboard for my glory. Do you understand that this morning, even as a church, I was thinking while we were worshiping this morning, man, if somebody came in here, could they see that Jesus is alive by the way we worship? When we're at work and people look at our lives and say, man, you could tell Jesus is alive because of that fellow right there. Amen? Amen. So listen, the second thing that we receive is this. We receive a greater measure of purity. It says in Matthew 3, 1, once again, that Jesus came to baptize the Holy Spirit and fire. Somebody say fire. What does fire do? Fire consumes and fire purifies. So it's also this thought that understand that the holy, the holy, the holy spirit comes and dwells inside of you. How could the Holy Spirit ever come and live inside of you and you not become more holy? Amen. It's this. Let me kind of give you an idea. Um, I try my best to pray and pray in tongues and pray in the spirit a lot because of the things that we're reading today. And um Part of, once again, of when he comes and he purifies, I remember one day in particular, I was uh, praying before work, and I was doing my normal pace thing that I always do, and I was just praying in the Spirit. And I try my best in those moments to listen to see if the Lord reveals anything to me. And without, without um, getting too complicated, do you understand that, that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the language and we speak it out? And so there's that place of, that's of, of transfer of revelation that's inside of us. And if we listen in that place of transfer, God will speak to us. That's where you people that are prophetic, that's where you receive prophetic words from. It's there. It's in your spirit, man. Okay? So, so one day I was praying and I kept hearing while I was praying that I kept hearing the scripture, I desire truth in the inward parts. I desire truth in the inward parts. I desire truth in the inward parts. And I finally just said it. I declare God desires truth in the inward parts. And when I said it, I realized that God was trying to tell me something. And then I basically, he, he brought me to a spot where uh, a lot of times I would tell a story to somebody. And I would be telling the story and I get to that spot that I really couldn't remember. And I would just do my best to kind of make it up and keep going. And God was like, you're lying. Oh, okay. Because I got in the habit of that. And I wasn't intentionally trying to lie, but the Lord was like, hey, you're, 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 you're basically not telling the truth there. And so God was trying to say, look, Quentin, come on. I desire truth in the parts. The Holy Spirit was working a greater level of purity in my heart. Amen? And to kind of give you uh, some, you know, he doesn't do that to beat us up. The Bible says, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Why does God want us to be pure? Because he wants to commune with us. He wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to be with us. Amen? All right. So the third thing here. The third thing is it's another expression of worship and giving thanks. It's another expression of worship and giving thanks. You can see in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, 
uh, the Apostle Paul simply says this. He says that we can pray in our understanding and we can sing in our understanding like we did this morning. Or we can pray in the Spirit and we can sing in the Spirit. And so then it comes down to verse uh, 17, two verses later. And it simply says this. It says that basically you thank God pretty much very well. And so it's, it basically understands that as we're singing in the Spirit, guess what happens? We are singing praises unto God. That's good news, isn't it? Let, let me kind of give you uh, two, two examples here. Um, I remember this uh, friend that used to work with us. Her name was Kaney. Uh, we, we, I think it was like a couple of days before, there was a group, a group that she always hung out with at a, at a college there in, in Fayetteville. And I remember one day we were hanging out, and they said, hey, we want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's these three really big football guys. I mean, they are big dudes. All of them, all of them were either offensive line or defensive line. These boys could put away some cheeseburgers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they were big boys. And I remember basically we, we began to go, okay, we, start, we laid hands on them and prayed for them. And I, I remember one guy's name's Bowman. Uh, that was his last name. Fell out like halfway on the couch. Boom. And it was praying in the spirit. And, uh, and the same thing happened with the guy Nick and then the guy named Tavares. And, and Jesus just moved. And, and here's Caney. Caney was so stuck in her head. It was just like it wasn't coming. And so a few days later, we were in, the, in this basement downstairs. It's where they would do uh, Bible studies. And we were just praying, and she asked for us to pray for her again. And so we prayed for her, and she didn't speak in tongues. She began to sing in tongues. Now, this girl, she can't sing. She can sing. Okay? Uh, the, right? I mean, this girl can slap sing. And so anyways, but she sang in the spirit, and then she poof, fell out. And from that day on, she had it. Let me give you another one. I told you guys the other day about when Dr. Lin was baptized. Remember, he went in the water, came up out of the water. And what happened? He began to sing in tongues. And here was a guy who couldn't sing. So don't be afraid. It may happen to you today. I don't know. Anyways. But um, let me give you another one. Um, I, was, I was reading a book the other day and talking about the Thanksgiving side, not so much the, the singing side. And there's a guy that's an American. He goes overseas. And uh, he's got a buddy. That's a pastor over there, and he was there doing some ministry with him. Well, uh, the guy that's from the United States doesn't speak that language, and the pastor doesn't really speak English. And so it's kind of a, a unique thing. They have to work through a translator. But the guy that, that was writing the book said, I went to the service, and the pastor got up, and he was exhorting the people to kind of, you know, basically, today, let's worship God, let's praise God. And then he began to pray in tongues, and the guy that was sitting there, the guy from America, basically was like, I didn't know he knew English. And he leaned over to his wife and asked, she said, no, he doesn't know English. That's his prayer language. He was praying in English. And what was happening is he was praying in English. He was basically uh, giving exhortation and shouts to God. And same thing, if you know if that's hard for you to believe, go to Acts chapter 2. Here it is, all these people from around the world, what did they hear? They heard people uh, shouting in their language, right, that they understood praises unto God. It's good news, huh? It's a great question. Here's my thoughts on that. Is um, a lot of people say that, but I personally can't find a scripture to back that up. And so, but the truth is, is what what does it matter? Be, because because if if we are praying in the spirit and we're praying the perfect will of God, then can the devil really stop it? No, he can't. So, you know, so we don't need to we don't need to give greater authority to the enemy, you know, than, than what he really has. So anyways, but, I, you know, obviously there's a lot of good people that say that, you know, I'm not 
necessarily opposed to that statement. I just can't. I, I'm the kind of guy I got to find a verse to go. Let me put a stake in it and say, yeah, that's why I believe it. So anyways, great question. So, all right, here we go. So the next one, number four, next thing that we receive is we receive a rest and a refreshing. This should encourage some of y'all, a rest and a refreshing. Let me show you two scriptures. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12 says, for with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to maybe clarify and to bring a little bit more uh, validity to this. In Corinthians 14, Paul actually quotes this scripture and references it as a prophecy about tongues. So you have it in the New Testament and the Old Testament. So it says, For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. Verse 12, to whom he said this, what's this? It's this baptism, is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. Amen. Amen. And then it says, and this is the refreshing that's why so many people that get baptized in the Holy Spirit, uh, I've met a lot of people that struggle with depression, and when they get baptized in the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Lord comes, and that's broken off their lives. The peace of God comes where they were once tormented. The peace comes, and they're free. And basically, it's the life of God. It's the Zoe life of God come and live inside of you. So, um, you know, I'll even give you an example. The other day, I was, um, I was just praying, in my understanding, praying in English, and I was just like, ugh, like it was just so flat. Anybody ever been there? It's like, man, why does it just feel so yucky today? And I said, okay. And I just started praying in the Spirit. And when I started praying in the Spirit, it was just like, there's the peace of God. And it was like there came the refreshing. And and so what happens is is a lot of times, I'll say this, I'll go in the prayer closet personally, and I'll be dog-tired just from life. i got four kids, y'all, right? I mean, I've, I've slept like the last three days with, uh, with uh, feet and knees in my ribs, all right? It's hard to sleep like that. And that wind was really blowing last night, too. And so, anyways, yeah, so I was flipping chairs and all kinds of stuff on my deck. But, so, but I've, been, I've been times like that where I've been so tired, and then I'll go in the prayer closet, and I'll just start singing in the Spirit, and I'll start worshiping God, and I'll start praying in the Spirit, and I'll come out absolutely refreshed and ready to go. Are you all following me today? All right, the next thing, here we go, let me speed it up here. Uh, John seven thirty-seven through 39, going with that refreshing there. It says, on the day, uh, the Amplified says, on the most important day, says the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds. Once again, this is Jesus talking. He says, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. Somebody say, come and drink. Oh, come on, can we say it like we mean to say, come and drink. Well, can you see that? I mean, to me, this morning I told these guys, I just visually could see Jesus standing up with just great passion and screaming, come and drink. And then it says this. What is he talking about? It says, for the scriptures declare rivers of living water, not dead, not stagnant, but rivers of living, refreshing water will flow from his heart or from his womb or from his belly. And it says, when he said living water, Jesus said it, he was speaking of the spirit, the Holy Spirit. It says, who would be given to everyone believing in him by the spirit. It says, but the spirit had not yet been given Jesus because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So it's talking about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so when we are spirit baptized, we receive the ability to do these things. I'm telling you all this just so you kind of know what today's about and you know kind of what to do when you get it today. All right. Number five. Here we go. The Bible says that you edify yourself. We read that scripture last week. First Corinthians 14, four. He that speaks in the tongue edifies himself. Once again, real quick recap. 
The word edify there, scholars say, Greek scholars say that we have a better word for it than edify, and it's the word charge as if we would charge a battery, okay? And so what happens is, is when you begin to pray in the spirit, you begin to basically charge or re-energize your spirit man. And, uh, you know, let me maybe say it this way. People go, well, I pray in tongues and I don't feel like it. If God said it, it does it. If God said it edifies, it edifies. Plain and simple. Case closed. Amen. And so there's this side, though, that what I love about this is, is if you're here, I know we have some people here that, that are baptized in the Spirit. My encouragement to you would be this. Use it. Use it. And use it a lot. Pray in the Spirit a lot. Why? Because, once again, you're going to edify yourself. But, but it's also this thought, and I said it last week, that here's God. God has, has uh, put in your responsibility, put in your hand, given you, basically making you the steward of your own edification. So it's this, if I want to be edified a little, pray a little in tongues. If you want to be edified a lot, pray a lot in tongues. But it's up to me. And so, you know, a lot of people say this, and I, and I struggled with this when I first got baptized in the Spirit. I had like four syllables, and I felt so silly doing it. But what happens is, is as, and people can testify of this in here, the more you begin to pray in it, God adds to the language. And it changes and it shifts. And over the years now, you know, what I'm, I'm 38 years old. I was uh, 18 years old when I got baptized in the Spirit. So for 20 years I've been praying in tongues. And, uh, and it's amazing that in the moment, especially when if there's inter- things shift, they change. And here's this thing. It feels so, I feel as natural in praying in tongues now as I do talking in English. Maybe just say it like that. Where at one time I struggled with it, but now it's just, I just know it's God. Are you all with me? All right, the next thing, six, is we build ourselves up in the faith. I know you say, well, you just edify yourself, but I want to key on the part there that says you build yourself up in the faith. And the reason I think this is so important is because faith is the opposite of what? Fear. Somebody say fear. So there's that side of if I'm a person that wrestles with fear, guess what? I'm going to pray in spirit a lot because the opposite is going to attack that. Amen. That if listen, if that doesn't make sense to you, how in the world? Let, let me let me go this way. Read, rewind always. Jesus died. Everybody, look at me, please. When Jesus died, right? What did the disciples do? Start shaking in their boots. They said, "Man, he, he's not here anymore." Peter looks over at him and says, "I go fishing," and they go back to where the, what they were doing before Jesus met them, right? And then Jesus shows up and says, "Boys, what are you doing?" And then he says, hey, there's a promise. Go to the upper room, right? Because they were running from all those people. And then what happened is they go in the upper room. They get baptized in the Holy Spirit, 120 of them. Notice that there was 120 in the upper room, and 120 got baptized in the Spirit. Not 84, not 83, but everybody that was there. Amen. All right? That's key. And so what happened was is then Peter, who denied Christ, now stood up and what? He began to declare Christ. There was a boldness that came, once again, because it brings faith, which is the opposite of fear of once they were once scared. Now all those other people are scared of them. Amen? All right. The next one here. Number seven. This is huge to me. This is huge, 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 huge. Number seven is we keep ourselves in the love of God. It says that in Jude 21, that we keep ourselves in the love of God. It says, brethren, uh, basically building yourselves up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And then it says, and keeping yourself in the love of God. From a person that comes from a really angry background, listen, I can tell you that this works. Um, I come from an extremely angry family, very angry uh, household that I grew up in. Uh, we didn't talk, we screamed. 
That's what we did. And, uh, you know, it, it, I remember being, you know, whatever, 14 years old, whatever, cussing up my mama. Lord Jesus, help me. But she couldn't say nothing because I learned it from her. Right? So first time I ever got a whipping for cussing, I was four years old. Pretty awesome, right? So anyways, um, learned it at mom's, went to dad's, and they whipped me. <laughs> they were divorced. Okay, anyway, so, um, but let me share this with you real quick, okay? Um, I've told you a piece of this before, but years ago, Dr. Lynn, you've heard me refer to him a lot. Dr. Lynn gave me a word that uh, brought complete correction in my life, and it had to do pretty much with my unforgiveness and my anger and things that God wanted to deal with, bitterness and all of that. And I, and I remember I went back to my seat and I sat down and I said, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do now? And the Lord dropped uh, five books in my heart, five books that I had bought, already bought, uh, but I, but, and I felt compelled by the Lord to buy them at one point, but I didn't read them uh, because I didn't want to deal with that stuff. Anybody ever been there? So I said, okay, Lord, yes, I, I know that's you. I'll do that. And so I began to read those books and all of them. I mean, it was like they all sat down and wrote them together. I was like, man, this is, you're getting me. And I, and I would start showing up at church, and, uh, and my pastor was preaching exactly what I was reading. I was like, okay, God, I, I'm with you here. And then I got done with the books, and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, okay, now what do I do? And he highlighted a book, book to me about praying in tongues. And I said, why would I read that? That doesn't make any sense. And then he highlighted Jude 21 to me and said, look, we've dealt with all this. We've cleaned it, cleaned it, cleaned you out, got you operating in the love of God. Now we've got to keep you there. And here's how we're going to keep you there is by praying in the Spirit. Does that make sense, you guys? All right, next one. Here we go. We're not going to go too much longer. Um, all right, number eight. So obviously when we pray in the Spirit, we pray God's perfect will. We talked about that last week, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. It says basically that no man understands him, but when we pray in the Spirit, it says that we, we speak divine mysteries. That actually means uh, basically, the I'll just make it simple, the perfect will of God. You're, you're praying it over your life, and it's this concept that the Holy Spirit is giving you the language as you speaking it out. Who knows the plan of God better than the Holy Spirit for your life? Amen. So he's given you the ability to pray God's will for your life, because if you're anything like me, uh, my, my vocabulary is limited. And sometimes I, I have the problem of I say things in such a stupid way and I don't mean it in a stupid way. I just don't know another way to say it. And I need the Holy Spirit to come and help me because I feel things and I know things, but I don't know how to put a language to it. And so he helps me to pray what I need to pray. It's good news. Amen. All right, so number nine is we intercede for others in a deeper way. We talked about that last week in Romans 8. All right, so lastly, number 10, is when we're spirit baptized, we receive the key that unlocks the door to all the other gifts of the spirit. That is true. That is true. Take, take, any, take any church, any, any believer, really, okay, that operates in the gifts of the Spirit, take healing, take prophecy, take words of knowledge, words of wisdom, whatever it is, where there's a continual flow of all of that, those people have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And for some reason, I don't understand it, but that's the way God chose for it to be unlocked, and it unlocks and we get to have fun. Amen? Amen. Because the Holy Spirit is the one that's obviously, uh, he's behind all those gifts. Yes? All right, so let me give you a word picture. Hopefully I'm not boring you guys this morning. Let, let me give you a word picture that uh, captures what, what happens at the moment that you're baptized or you're immersed in the Holy Spirit. Okay? I thought this was really interesting. 
the word baptism did not originally, uh, it didn't originate from a religious background. Who knew that, right? I didn't know that. And it actually originated from an ancient trade of dyeing fabrics, of dyeing fabrics. Watch this. That a person in this line of trade would dip or would baptize or would immerse a piece of cloth or a garment into a container full of dye. And once the piece of cloth had been baptized, baptized, the cloth would take on the color or character of the dye. We've all seen that, right? You, you guys who grew up in the 60s, you know about tie-dye more than anybody in this place. All right, here we go. So, listen, the same thing happens when a believer is baptized in the Holy Spirit. They become partakers of the divine color, the divine character, the divine nature of the Spirit of God. Isn't that awesome? So, so listen, this is why we can confidently say that being filled with the Spirit is more than just speaking in tongues. It's, it's, it is this. You sit up there. It's being able to live the life that God has called us to live to the fullest measure. Amen. Amen. You, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, some people use this analogy, and I'll just say it. And I thought about demonstrating today, but I'll just tell you. Sometimes they talk about this. Say that you take a, a cup or whatever, and, and you fill it full of water. And uh, basically they say that's being filled with the Spirit. But then when you get baptized in it, imagine the container that you use to pour the water into this. And now you take the cup, cup or, the, or the bottle and you dunk it. And hold it down inside the container of water. And notice that there's not a, there's not a, an inch, a millimeter, centimeter that's not covered by the water. And that's the way it is when we are submersed as individuals into the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit overwhelms us. Amen? Amen. All right. Are y'all good? All right. Let's get down to the end here. So let's talk about this. This is just kind of some housekeeping, so when we shift gears in a minute, we, we don't have to talk a whole lot then. But let's talk about how we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Talk about how we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The first one is this, is salvation. This is the only prerequisite to receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is we've got to be born again. Amen? And, and it's simply this, that the Holy Spirit is not going to come and live in a, live in a trash heap. All right, so you got to be born again. You got to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So talk about what it means to be born again. We must repent of our sins, confess Jesus as the Lord, of, uh, the Lord with our mouth, believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead. Amen. So in other words, you got to get born again. That's John ten, right? But here's here's the thing where I don't want everybody to get confused. You don't have to be perfect to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You, you know, th- there's this there's this old doctrine that says that we have to tarry or wait. To receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And they base that off of uh, basically Luke 24 verse 49. Where, where Jesus said, hey look you need to go and tarry. And you need to wait before you preach one sermon. Before you witness one person. You need to go to Jerusalem and you need to tarry. You need to wait upon the Lord so you can be baptized in the Spirit. If we take like many people of denominations who have said. Okay, in other words, that is the... Um, criteria of being born uh, being baptized spirit that you got to go tarry that you got to go wait then if we're going to if we're going to take the whole um pattern then we got to go jerusalem too does that make sense the 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 reason that the reason he said that i had to wait had nothing to do with the fact that, that you have to somehow work it up and and somehow reach this level of uh sanctification to be able to get it no it was the bottom line that they had to get to the day of pentecost because all those people are going to be there, and God needed a miracle to happen on that day. It had to do with timing. 
That's all they had to do with. Amen? So, so you'll see in a minute that we don't have to tarry. We just got to ask. All right? So, so once again, it's not that we have to be perfect. We just got to be saved. Now, what I've seen over the years is many people uh, struggle with receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit because they, they feel unworthy. I just want to take a second to remind you of this. Or maybe, let me maybe ask you a question. Uh, did you earn salvation? Come on, talk to me. Did you somehow prove to God that you were somehow worthy enough of the blood of his son? No. So why would you ever say, now I got to earn the other gift that he wants to give me? Doesn't make sense, does it? But, but, see, but listen, the enemy would lie to a lot of us. And he would like to bring up our past. And he would like to bring up our failures and our shortcomings and try to say, see, because you got that, God can't. The truth is, is you can't get over that because a lot of times you don't have this. Y'all got quiet there. Did you, didn't I make sense? I said it fast. Good thing I didn't call everybody babe and y'all will stand up again, right? <laughs> A lot of times the things we wrestle with is because we're not baptized in the spirit. And so we try to disqualify ourselves by those things. But those things really can't get broke off of us until we give, uh, give him. Here's why, Okay. A lot of people think the baptism of the Spirit is getting more of God. In reality, it's him getting more of you. And so it isn't until he gets more of you can those things be broken in your life. Does that make sense? All right. Is that okay? Thanks, babe. All right. So it's kind of like this with the salvation thing. Understand that on, the, on, the day, on that day of Golgotha, Salvation was poured out free to everybody. On the day of Pentecost, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was poured out upon everybody. So there's no reason to wait for something that's been poured out over 2,000 years ago. It's already been given. Amen? All right. So, once again, it's a free gift. We're only made worthy by the blood of Jesus. The second thing, so salvation, second thing is, is this is key, and we'll do this in a minute. We just got to draw near. The Holy Spirit isn't going to impose himself on anyone. He waits on us to purpose in our own hearts. We can say it this way to get hungry enough to say, God, our hearts and our hearts, we want to be close to you. And to think about the verse that says in James 4, 8, it tells us what? If we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. And so in a minute when we get here and when, when, when people come up front and we're going to pray and we're actually going to uh, take a minute and we're going to worship. Why are we going to worship? Because I believe God still inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. So, so that's going to help us basically draw near to God. God, we mean business. This is something we want. And we just prepare our hearts to receive from him. The third thing is this, is you got to yield to him. This is important. The Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Uh, some people seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but they want to dictate to God under what circumstance they will and will not receive. Let me give you an example, okay? Because people like stories. I told you this story before, but I'll give it to you in this context. Several years ago, we were doing youth camps in Fayetteville. We started going to this camp that was of a denomination that doesn't believe in all this. The funny part is, is their founder of the denomination was very spirit-filled. But through the years, they got away from it, okay? And so uh, the guy that ran the campground, he was a, uh, his dad was a pastor in this denomination. And so we show up just being us. And one day, uh, we're basically going out on the, on some fields, and he pulls up in his little golf cart, cause every camp director has a golf cart. The rest of us have to walk in 103 degree heat. That's wrong, isn't it? I mean, literally, you're dying, and that guy just cruises by, you're like, I hate you. Anyway, so, so he pulls up, he goes, 
I go over there and I sit on the sacred golf cart. I mean, it's like you, you don't touch it. You, you know, you get thrown out of camp. And so I sit on it and he goes, what's that? We had some kids that were just getting rocked by the Holy Ghost. He said, what's that? And I said, pretty much, I'm glad you asked. And I began to tell him, man, here's what's happening to those people. And here, you know, I'll just say this. And this is the day. We had a little kid at 12 years old that um, didn't really know who Jesus was. His, his sister uh, got saved, went off to college, came and worked for us. And uh, we were having youth camp, so she invited him there. So this kid has, I mean, very, very little understanding of God. And uh, he comes out there after morning devotions, sits on a log. And you can read the Bible or you think I'm crazy. It's fine. He sits on a log, and the kid goes in a trance for about 20 minutes. He doesn't blink. He doesn't move. By the way, this happened all throughout church history. And that ain't something I've ever taught. You know what I'm saying? I, I, we didn't talk about that. He just, and when he finally comes to uh, Dawson, what happened, dude? He said, Jesus came and got me and took me to Russia, and he told me I was going to be a missionary there. Didn't even know you knew who the missionary was. But listen, that's God. And what here's so cool. That night we were at service, and one of my one of my buddies, that's a, a worship leader for an international ministry, he was he was there, and he and he was kind of just hanging out. And he goes, "Man, I feel like I need to pray for this kid." And he's really prophetic. He goes and prays for him. Man, I just feel like God's calling you to be a missionary, and I feel like He's calling you to Russia. Okay, God. That's when it gets fun. That's when God gets exciting. So, anyway, so going back to the, the guy that said, what's that? We did the camp. He asked questions. We went to lunch a few times. I ate at a really bad Russian restaurant one time, and, uh, and it was bad. I ate goulash. It was awful. And then we went to uh, another camp with him once again. Now he's driving a bus, and our kids are on it, and he's hearing all of them praying tongues. He's watching the power of God move on the bus, and he's like, what is that? Kept asking questions. Then he goes to uh, another campground, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this camp, and I'm going there. Will you guys come here? I said, okay. So by this time, I've become pretty good friends with the guys. So we drive over, and uh, we're on our last night. No joke. Leah was there. She can tell you. Austin, Noah, the, Micah, all these guys were there. Basically, we went into pre-service prayer. Leah was leading it, and I'm talking the power of God fell into place. And then uh, we just normally give a bathroom break. That night we're like, nope, let's just go into worship. You know, all these guys are singing. And uh, Rob was there and that, you know, people you guys have met. And uh, we just start worshiping God. And it's like, man, I have, I've been in some awesome services, but I've never been in a service like that one to this day. I mean, I've been in revivals that have shaken, the, you know, the world. And I haven't been in a service like that one. The power of God was so strong in the place as far as faith. I remember looking at the camp director and I just, I mean, the uh, camp speaker. I said, let's just pray for kids. No words, buddy, you don't need to preach. Let's pray. We have videos of this. In 10 seconds, over 100 kids went out in the Holy Spirit. I mean, for, I mean, we didn't even touch them and they were falling out. And then, so they all looked like, remember that game, pick up sticks? When you drop it, they're all just, I mean, they're all laid all over each other, foot in people's mouths. And they didn't, but I mean, it's like the peace of God is so in And it was like, holy smokes, God, was, I mean, it was awesome. And um, we look in the back, and here's all these kids that are from a Presbyterian background. And my buddy's from a Methodist background. They all, yeah, they all work there. They're not with us, and they just came to spectate because they think either we're half crazy or we got something they don't have. And, uh, and so they go, 
uh, so yeah, we, we invite them if they want to come. And so I don't know. It's like I think four four little girls came up. I say little girls, you know, they were all probably early twenties, and uh, come up and uh, getting old, kind of gray. So they come up, and uh, I remember Leah prayed for a girl, but it was so funny. There were several of them that we prayed for, and I look, and all of them are out in the spirit, and they're praying in tongues. They didn't have no three week teaching. They saw and said, "I want it." And you know, my buddy David was in the in the back left corner. And we're praying, 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 doing our thing. And then I notice he's right there. And I was like, so I walk over to him. I said, hey, um, in case you were waiting for someone to ask, if you want me to pray for you, I will. And he goes, okay. So I go back over here. And then I turn around in a few more minutes, and he's standing right there. I'm like, okay, he's a big old boy. And I say, I say hey, do you... Uh, I said, do you want me to pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He said, am I going to fall? <laughs> and that's that part of this. Because I got my people in front of me, I want to dictate to how God does this. Right? Uh, and if I'm going to fall, I don't want to do it. And I just told him, I said, I said, well, David, that's really not up to me. He said, you're right. <laughs> and so it's funny. So, so we start praying for him. And this dude gets so drunk in the Holy Ghost. And he starts praying in tongues. And so it was so funny. All those little kids got up off the ground and came and started praying for their camp director. And he ends up going down to a knee, like statue, right? And he's all, uh, uh, uh. I mean, he's just going at it in spirit. And he stands up and he's just like this. I mean, he's gone. Gives me a hug and then he goes off to the side. Later that night, I asked him, I said, hey, hey man, when did you receive? It was so loud in the place. And, and he literally said this. thought it was so awesome. He said he thought he was telling he was kind of going through his story of his rendition. And he thought the whole time it was just me and him. He didn't even feel the other people that were even touching him. I told him the power God was going to do so strong. And uh, he said, when I went back to my seat is when I started speaking in tongues. I was like, no, brother, you was there. I heard you because, you know, as we would say in the South, you sounded drunk as Cooter Brown, right? I mean, he was out of it. He was just speaking in the spirit. And anyways, are y'all feeling me? But here's what's happened is, is he had to, over three years, finally say, oh God, okay, God, I yield. I know what I've been taught my whole life. I'm learning that it was wrong. And now I just need to go, God, okay, I, I surrendered however you want to do it. And uh, once he did that, then the wave of glory came. Amen? Amen. So it, it's basically this. Is... Um, Really what I'm trying to tell you is, gang, we've got to be willing to receive the Holy Spirit on his term, not ours. Amen? It's kind of like this. If I can just maybe take a second here. Uh, there's some people that will receive the baptism of the Spirit, and they'll be really gentle with it. And then there's people that it comes with umph. And, you know, there's some people that, uh, I mean, I read one story about a guy. He said it literally felt like uh, basically drops of rain not touching him but going through him, and then like lightning hit him. And, and actually what happened with him is he was sitting in a chair. They were there praying for someone that was sick. It was him and another minister. And this guy had been a minister that had been told all his life that all this stuff was wrong. And he was sitting there, and he began to cry out to God, God, I want it. And God baptized him in the spirit in the chair. And the guy turned and said, said uh, John, come pray. And he stood up, and he touched the, the woman that needed healing. She was dying. She was about dead. 
touched her and the other brother of the pastor touched him. And the power of God went through him so hard it hit that guy and he fell out. Didn't even know about it. Didn't believe in it. And that woman got healed. That's fun stuff, right? So, all right, let's see here. So basically it's just this. All I'm trying to tell you when we yield to him is that if we humble ourselves in that way, what it does, it produces the proper heart condition that we need to receive. So once we've yielded, all we need to do is this. And this is the best part, in my opinion. We just got to ask. We just got to ask. It's really that simple. Once again, when you came for salvation, all you did was ask. So let me show you a verse. We've quoted it several times, but let me read it. Luke 11, 9 through 13. I've said over the past few weeks. It says this. So I say to you, what? Come on, let's work with me here. So I say to you, ask. And it will what? It will be given to you. How simple, right? It says, seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. It says, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? All those things, once again, represent demonic things. Verse 13 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let me ask you a question. Does it say some of people? Or does it say everybody that asks? Everybody that asks. All those who ask. So really today, get this in your heart. The receiving of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is rooted in God's goodness. That's it. It's rooted in, in God's goodness. It's this, it's this truth that God loves us so much, he wants to give us the best gift. And that's the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yes, All right. One more and we'll be done. So once we ask Jesus to baptize the Holy Spirit, this is key, okay? Uh, we need to focus all of our attention on him. Try not to think about your grocery list. All right? Clear your mind of everything else and do this. Number five, just receive. Just receive. And, and it's at this point, once again, I can't, I can't stress it enough. It doesn't need to be a struggle. You just receive it. And uh, at that point, you got to expect or you should expect that God's going to give you your own prayer language by faith. The Bible says it, Right? Right? So for some of you guys, once again, you may hear a word or you may hear a sound uh, in your mind or you may feel like something in the best way to word it is like it's bubbling up from that river of living waters bubbling up within you. And at that moment, I want to encourage you in this. I want to encourage you just to trust God. Just trust him, okay? Open your mouth and speak whatever is coming. Once again, the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance, but he can't do the speaking for you. That's up to you, okay? And let me kind of throw something else out there, too. Um, you can't speak in two languages at once. So a lot of people, they get there and they just want to keep talking in English. And sometimes God will override that and bypass that. But just wait and just trust that what you hear, once again, is him. Let me kind of help you out here in this sense. Um, you don't need to be afraid and you don't need to worry that you're going to mess something up. And let me maybe best say it this way. You're not going to offend God. He's a big boy. He's not going to get mad at you for trying something. <laughs> Amen? So, so don't worry about offending him, okay? It's important also that you understand, and this is where I struggled when I, when I was trying to receive the baptism, is I was trying to figure it out. 
It, listen, this is not a baptism of the mind. It's a baptism of the spirit. Okay? So you're not going to figure out, you're not going to understand it in your head. Uh, once again, you're going to feel it on the, the depths of you. And we could go into a long teaching there. But let me say this to you. Uh, every new language sounds strange to our ears. I, I, I remember the other day I was walking around town and I ran into somebody that was from another country. I don't they sound weird. <laughs> He's probably thinking, do you sound weird? You know, redneck, <laughs> you know, so, but, but isn't that so true? It's like every new language we hear initially, it sounds really, really odd to us, but the more we repeat it, the more natural it'll feel. So, uh, once again, some people receive one word, some people receive several words, really doesn't matter. Just be obedient and release what the Holy Spirit's given you. Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Uh, if I talked to you earlier, please come up to the platform. So, listen, I told you that there's, that there's no pressure today. There's really not. We are so for you on this, I can't express that enough. God's for you in this. Amen? So, here's how we're going to transition today. Like I told you at the beginning, we're, we're, not, going to, uh, we're not going to pressure anyone. Uh, we're just going to simply invite people. So, here's kind of two ways we can go here. If, if you want to receive... The baptism in the Holy Spirit, we're going to invite you to come down front, and we're going to pray, and then we're going to worship for a bit. And if this isn't something you're comfortable with, look, once again, no pressure. If you need to leave, you can leave. Amen? So uh, if you are an individual that's been spirit, uh, baptized in the Spirit, I, I felt like the Lord maybe wants to do some uh, fresh feelings today for some people. When you read the book of Acts, you see that these guys had fresh feelings throughout there. Okay, So sometimes it's not... Yes, you get the Holy Spirit, but sometimes he just comes with a new whammy and hooks you up, right? So if you want a fresh baptism today, we also invite you to come. So let's transition now. If uh, you do leave, please just leave in a reverent form. If you are a person that's here that you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit, because I know there's some here, I would encourage you maybe to hang out in the back and just kind of pray in the Spirit, and let's just believe God. Because once again, uh, we've obeyed to this, this point. It's up to God to do the rest. Amen? Amen. So uh, anyway, so if you want to come, you can come.